G'day, g'day, everybody. Brian here from quantlabs.net. Today is 1 o'clock, February 12th, 2024. As I said in my prior podcast episodes last week, I'm probably going to leverage more of the podcasting audio component because you got to keep the YouTube channel clean as possible on very specific topics, which appears to be only on strategies development, tips, and maybe trading view. It's what I'm seeing more of. So I did put up a survey last, a few days ago regarding if I should continue to publicize my trading analysis on what is valuable or not. Right now, it is valuable what I put up. Um, There's some, nobody's talking about these sectors that are just exploding right now. And uh, they're they're part of the tech world that nobody would ever think about, but that's okay because I'm not going to talk about it anymore. It, it it affects what I do, and all that's going to be behind a paywall. So I just want to know where this topic has led this podcast episode on. So as you know, getting out of Canada, I've put up videos on this before, but I've deleted them afterwards. If you want to know more what I'm doing, all I can tell you be on my email list at quantlabs.net slash books for now, and that will get you on the email list. I'm not right now sending out as many emails as I used to, like on a daily basis. That's just due to the fact that, hey, when you're preparing to, to, to liquidate, cash out, everything takes time. So my focus is obviously not on that. So, you know, I think Tom, mid-March. I should be back in action until about the end of April. That's what I'm estimating. And then after that, I don't know what will happen. There will be most likely a relocation to the UK during some time shortly thereafter and setting up shop over there. But it'll be all, as you know, probably temporary until I find a place that I'm comfortable with to settle in. If I let alone settle in the UK, because with the UK, Right now, they're looking at a new election, I think, within a year. And uh, the way it's looking is they have their one party, the Labour Party. They're very woke-driven. I'm very against that. I've come out of the world of that with, you know, who our dear leader in Canada. So I'm very leery about that. So I wouldn't be surprised. I would have to maybe do another relocation somewhere else, low-tax region, because I'm very, very against any tax if I can't. So we don't know where that'll end up. Most people from what I'm seeing are ending up at Dubai because it's tax-free or pretty close to it within a tolerable amount, like 9%, 10%. That's all fine. You got to pay for the emergency services and all the other things, that the basics of government. Anyways, that was a good three-minute rant, but that's generally the outlook that I'm seeing myself over the next probably three three months, long-term, a year. That's kind of where we're at. Anyways, this, if you're not on the email, again, quantlabs.net slash books, because I did put up this survey on my YouTube community at Quant Labs channel. I posed this question and I said, should I stop publishing this? Learn what the hot, high-performing uh, trading opportunities if you want this to continue, I'll need to see a minimum number of no's, assuming people are not interested. 
where did that come from? That came out of prior, a prior uh, survey. Again, these are all posted from, from coming out of my email list. So that's where the logic comes from. People that are just subscribed to my YouTube channel or just randomly on YouTube won't get the logic on why that's being posted. Anyway, so prior to that, I got six days ago, I posted a survey on this. And remember, I'm on YouTube, so I think for sure I'm throttled. I got 10,000, probably pushing 11,000 subscribers, and I'm only getting 13 votes. That's pretty pathetic of YouTube. Either that or I'm throttled or somebody doesn't like me, fine, whatever. But I do get the occasional vote. So this one I put out on six days ago, what is your primary goal to watch videos? Learn how to do automated algo trading via programming. Okay, so that's been shown on my Y2 YouTube studio phone app. The other question was learn about trading strategies for higher returns. So this is now in the world of YouTube. This is what drives people into my YouTube channel. So those two questions, two answers, learn about trading strategies for higher returns, 62%, 38% want to know about the automated algo trading via programming at 38%. Then I also had a third option, learn about hot, high-performing trading opportunities. So I got no responses. So that led me to that question on the most recent survey. So then I followed up, what algo trading platform tool do you want to learn programming about automation from? So again, tiny amount of votes, but 75% said Python because it's free, obviously. And TradingView, 25%. I estimate 25% of the audience I have will and can use TradingView. That's my preferred way of doing that because I get better. It's just better all around, way more popular. It's the most popular investment trading app out there by a long shot. And then this was the next thought. Well, I, I had a, a, a survey I put up two days ago and it was basically this should, okay, I'm going to re reread. Okay. Should I stop publishing this? Learn what hot, hot or high performing trading opportunities. Remember that was zero responses. If you want this to continue, I'll need to see a minimum number of no's. Otherwise, we'll assume people are not interested. I got quite a few, 100% no. So they don't want me to stop publishing it. So I'm under the assumption they don't want me to publish it, but I've already made my decision that I'm not going to publish it. Simple as that. But you get some guy like this comment kind of came up. Stop publishing what? Missing context here. Recommend treating every post as you as your first proofread it and give context. My response to people like this, well, you got to be on my email list uh, to get that. Yeah, so you understand the context. That's what, that's what I just said. Again, onelimes.net slash books for that. So the other question is, what would happen if I decided to close down this whole operation? What would you do? Would you care? Would you go bonkers because you have nowhere else to go? I might actually pose that as a survey question. And I think people should recognize that because I hate to tell you, we live in a world of self entitlement. It's off the, it's off the charts. And unfortunately, people got to eat. 
and I've been on Seekin Alpha Trading View, and they have literally millions of users. And I'm sure it's the same thing with MotleyFool.com as well. They have millions of people on there, and out of that, that are actual paying users, I would say it's no more than five percent. I wouldn't be surprised. It's like two or three percent. So, in order to to achieve a business out of this, you have to hit a huge number of viewers or some kind of audience somewhere. From my analysis, what I've done over the years, it's always been Google SEO, Google searches online. Okay, that's number one by a long shot. And then YouTube as well. Even though I get a tiny amount of views, I still get people that come in and see my content and then maybe they opt in. So that, that's there. Anything else outside of of uh of it is Substack can do okay, which I'm gonna probably reactivate. On top of that, people I notice are going to discourse. That's our Discord as well. All the other uh channels, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter or X, LinkedIn, and even Telegram, they don't produce. So once I get the new website out there at some point over the next few months, again, that won't be in WordPress. That will be in Python Django. And that's where my focus will be, mostly on SEO and YouTube. That's where I think the growth will be in terms of the content. I've just, I just told you right now, I can see it in my YouTube uh, studio app. And that is strategy development, basically. Bot development, as the young people say. So that's all fine and good. But as I said, that takes time to do. Now, you either are driven because you love it or you're driven because you see an opportunity here and you want to make money out of it as a career, which I used to do. So my situation could radically change income-wise, and I may not need to do this in the future. So question comes back to, do I continue doing this? Do I continue doing something totally different if I'm moving to virtually a new country, new opportunities? You know, I'm I'm looking for the audience out there that listens to this, that consumes the content. Tell me why I should continue operating. Because me financially, I'll continue doing this, but is it worth my time to continue to publicize this? Because I personally think there's really no need. The competition is very fierce. A lot of the content out there is pretty bad, I think. You know, people are probably making money out of this and people, may, you know, that follow may not uh, do well. That's why they're following. So I'm just trying to understand, like, what would happen if I decided to shut down? Would people even give a rat's ass about it? I don't know. Let me know. As I told you late last year, 2023, I did say that this will be a year of extremes. And I think that will be safely said for a lot of people. If it's not going to be economics that will force you to make radical changes, changes, it will be possibly with AI coming in full gear. We have basically a situation where AI will replace not jobs, but careers. Last week, there was a 
a article that went out by UBS and I did post that or podcast on it. What people don't understand that that are on the other side that are earning money as programmers or coding in the world of auto automated trading, quant, high frequency trading, what they don't understand is that somebody at, as an executive in a bank can state that coders are becoming irrelevant, are becoming uh, not needed as much. You have to pay attention to that. It's not about what programmers think, okay? They're not the ones doing the hiring. I mean, it's one thing if you're self-employed and you're using programming techniques to advance something for yourself, if it's a business or if you're trading. That's one, that's one thing different than I'm a programmer, I'm a coder that relies on jobs and careers to get to to move ahead and make a career out of it so I can earn money from that career. I'll give you a very good example. I live in Toronto, Canada, and I'm pretty well fed up of this place. I'm trying to be nice here, but I will tell you, I have a lot of personal injustices that I've taken up to right up to my federal MP about it. I'll give you examples where we could say that Charter Freedom of Rights, same as the Constitution in the U.S., have been breached. Do you think this guy gives a, a care? No, he doesn't. He even jokingly said all he cares about is his pension or his job at the age of 47. So that tells you something that long-term people will be affected by whatever. In the world of coding technology, I am not going to lie to you. Toronto is a, I, I don't, well, I'm going to say slave wage because that's what it is. Canada has always been looked upon is if you want to hire coders on the real low-end cheap, come to places like Toronto. I can't really say about Montreal, but definitely Toronto, which is 20% of the economy in Canada. Canada, or Toronto actually, you can get jobs as a coder here for 80000 90000 Okay, There's secretaries, there's administrators, there's HR people that have maybe one-tenth of the knowledge needed to carry out a job at the same pay. Whereas if you're a coder, you have a long laundry list of skills that you need to know to get a job done for the same amount of money. And if you're up to 100, 110, maybe 120,000 Canadian, and you convert that to Canadian, uh, sorry, US or even British pounds, that's pittance compared to those other currencies. So lots of, not actually lots, smart companies are taking advantage of this call it up. It's been like that for decades. Morgan Stanley's a very good example of that. Citibank's another example of that. But that's fine and good. But where things have radically changed now is the economy, or at least the government under a dear leader, has really, really opened up the floodgates of immigration to come in unchecked, unfettered, uh, especially when it comes to the job market. So if you are trying to make a go of the career of IT, generally, coder or not, it's a tough go. I wouldn't even recommend you trying Toronto. Just do, you're probably going to get a lot less than what you deserve. So looking at countries like US and Britain specifically, 
both countries pretty well run a tight ship on the immigration front. What would I go? Why, why, why will I not go to the U.S.? Quite simply, you need to find a sponsor. Back in the day, in 2004, it was much easier because the economy was much stronger and they, they would gladly hire people under the former NAFTA deal of, of the free trade between Canada and Mexico. As long as you were educated and your education was from within those three countries, you can go into the States as part of the free trade. So that was easy to do. And finding a sponsor was easy to do because the economy was red hot back then. Now, find a sponsor is really difficult unless they really, really like you somehow. Maybe 10% you'll find a sponsor. And it's a tough go to, to have them go through and prove to the government, the federal government, the U.S., that they, they did an honest, fair effort to look for local developers in the U.S. instead of reaching out to foreigners. So to, to find that is difficult. So they protect their market relatively okay from the IT legit space, if you know I'm following what I'm trying to say there. With Britain, it's the same. People go complain about the Brexit. Personally, I'm seeing it as a like if you're in the world of finance or IT, it's 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 a huge benefit. Why? Because the salaries in, in IT and finance have, have skyrocketed into 140, 150,000 British pounds, which is not hard to find in London. The job, getting the job is one thing, but just seeing the potential of that income in British pounds, which translate to, I don't know, a couple hundred thousand Canadian US. And that's a pretty good salary in this day and age. And it can go up to 400,000 pounds. I've, I've seen one at 600. So those jobs are rare, but they still exist. But to get those jobs is not easy. Why? Because they need to, again, go through the sponsorship. And from what I understand, talking to recruiter, recruiters now as, as a field, from what I gather, they still have to go through some form of looking in the job market as well. And that's kind of hard because the supply's there, but people aren't moving as much. And they can reach out to EU passport holders. Obviously, they have the Ireland, Irish talent pool. But there's that supply and demand that's always been there for the last, let's say, 20, 25 years, where if there's not enough talent of a certain particular skill, let's say C++, HFT, those salaries will go up and it's shown. Whereas in Canada, specifically, we don't have those kind of salaries because of that talent pool it can come in from anywhere unfettered, unchecked, and it keeps the salaries of those kind of job skills suppressed in Canada. The U.S. have also mentioned that there's somewhat some protection with the U.S. for sponsorship for, for foreigners. The other thing is with the British market, it's kind of good, and, and the finance field seems to be the same, as well as the IT space, specifically in London. But from what I read, you know, India has a huge pool of talent coming out of the IT space, coders and whatnot. So what's going on right now with the UK, because they're, they left the EU, they're looking for free trade agreements. So. One of the big ones that could negatively impact UK 
depending upon what side of, of the argument you're on, is if you are in the world of IT in the traditional sense, bringing and 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 what I read is India is demanding that they allow their data services. So we're talking the big companies out of India, the YPro, the Tata consulting services and the like. And they're pretty well here in Canada as well. So those companies, they want to have unlimited access of their talent going into the UK. So what does that do? It blows up the talent pool in the UK. So that destroys the, 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 the salaries that, that I've just mentioned, the high price, the high value salaries will come down just like in Canada. So that may not be a good benefit for the UK on that side because those are the only real economic drivers of the UK from what I understand is both finance and IT are big, big drivers of the UK economy right now. So if they do sign this, this agreement, with India, I think it will definitely suppress the the job market uh, salaries that are current to, to to a much lower rate because the talent's going to be there available. It's not going to be as limited because now Indians from India can obviously go into UK for jobs unfettered, and same with the fight as well as the finance space as well. I mean that's quite possible, depending upon how the UK negotiate that. So there's that. So when you look at the long-term prospects of coding, programming with AI, and that article, again, which I mentioned about the UBS, look, if the banks are saying they don't need to hire coders because of chat GPT or the like, I really do think that the space of IT encoding is threatened. I just said, if you're doing it for self-sustaining, for self-employment, that's awesome. But the opportunities are not going to be there as they used to, especially on the startup front as well with the VC, the venture capitalists. They will be able to hire coders, not coders as we know today, but coders, quote unquote, in quotes, where I've kind of knew prompt engineering is going to be a big field so if you know how to properly prompt your query to something like ChatGPT to get the exact kind of code you want, you will be able to get that. As it gets more advanced, you may be able to write a complete application, a monolithic application with this stuff. So again, where does that leave actual hand coders? Probably their future is threatened, along with the content providers people that write books and Hollywood and da-da-da. I mean, that's quite likely. So then it comes back to, well, what do I do? Like, where you know, I'm, I'm coming out of the world of IT. In 92, when I graduated, I decided the world of IT is going to be safe for many, many, many decades, like 50 years, 100 years. I didn't anticipate this kind of technology back then that could make the career path irrelevant. From what I've seen in Toronto again, they virtually said that the coding space for Toronto jobs has been virtually decimated, like decimated. That's why the jobs are just no more here, virtually, for a lot of the reasons I've already explained. So that's always been my backup. And with my talent, you know, I can do a lot of things. So it comes back to, again, now 25 minutes of labbing. If I was to get out, like, 
what keeps me here? Like, you got to tell me what keeps me doing this, this for you, the audience. Like, what do you, what do you get out of what I provide? What are you willing to pay for? Because I may have options in the next few months. Would you even care? We'd like to know that too, because there's a lot of information out there and it's all AI. From my perspective, I do think what is important is to build out a good community of people privately. That's, that's, that's what matters. Obviously you charge for that. It's like a paywall loaded and people don't want to pay a paywall. That's fine because those that do offer that are usually serious about what they do anyways. So you bring those kind of people in. Those are the kind of people you want to have in your camp, I guess, uh, community, I guess, behind that paywall because they're highly driven people and they're more likely to be really driven, highly motivated. I'm trying to think of a phrase, high performers. They're high performers. And when I say high performers, they're not just people that talk. They have results. Like they could be, from what I've seen, people that are in banking in the upper echelons of banks. They want to get into algo trading. They want to get into automated trading to manage their own savings before they go into retirement. And that's all fine and good. But as you get better at it and you feel like you're getting more confident with it, you can definitely make a go of it. But to argue to save money on what a professional will charge, I think is kind of dumb. But from my perspective, you want to have those kind of high achievers, high performers in your camp. And they are there. They're out there. I have them. It's just a matter of getting them to flip the switch to move into behind the paywall. I'm membership, basically. So that's what I'm going to be driving at over the next couple of months. Once I get the website coming back and focusing back on that come mid-March. So we're talking about a month from now in March, mid-March 2024. So that's the kind of people I want. Now, if you're just sitting on the sideline, reading stuff, consuming stuff, you have to ask yourself, are you a high achiever? Are you getting the results you want? From what I've seen, probably not. And maybe you could be doing better. But you know, I'm not going sit, to sit here and make judgment on that. So that's part of the plan. But I want to know like, what happened. What, like, like, what would happen if you... Uh, if, I decided to no longer do this. I may be, as I said, I may be in a position where I may not need to do it. And we'll see. Now, I also want to mention about what I mentioned about high achievers, high performers. And we're talking, you know, like fairly high executives and bank entrepreneurs, the successful ones, coders coming out of the age, we'll call it, in their 40s, 50s. And they're out there as well. So there are those people that have the cash and the savings that they've built up. Now, I'm going to be in a position of the same, very similar, seven-digit, in fact. And I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not saying I'm not confident in my capabilities, but we are in a position where we got to be guardians and stewards of this money for our retirement. And we can live for another 30, 40 years. You just don't know. And you, you gotta, you gotta personally bring in professional advisors, good advisors that you rely on to manage that, get you, I don't know, five, 10% return based upon 
conservative moves we're at right now. Obviously not to lose money. That's what we don't want, obviously. Well, there was some extreme downs with, was it 2022? But 2023 was pretty good. Uh, so you, you even out and hopefully make up for the losses in 2022. So look at that. You want to bring in, in investors and the good ones are not going to charge a lot for what they do and what they build up, I think will be pittance and your returns because of their knowledge and their experience. And what I'm saying is it's always good advice to get those kind of professionals in. The people that I have are two people. One's an accountant at, at the highest re regulation. Both are CFAs. Both are working in large bank. I know them personally. They've been written up in the Globe and Mail, so on and so forth. So I have no issues whatsoever having my park, my cash there. And at the same time, as I said, if I'm able to pull off a 5%, I verified this with my accountant uh, through GIC, which are just basically government bonds issued every month. Uh, sorry, every year, 4 or 5% guaranteed. I could get. I don't know, a million dollars, let's say, 40, 50,000 Canadian. That's just under the average wage of a Canadian. Let me just check that. I think it's like 62,000 or so. So, what I'm saying is, if you're able to be in that kind of position, I'm not saying don't work. Of course, you have to, but it's a good, we'll call it an insurance policy. And, you know, so yeah, just check if you're able to get 50K, let's say at 4 to 5% with GICs and dividend income on that kind of portfolio. But the average salary in Canada, 2023, September, was 63100 Now, yeah, you might be shy of that, but here's, here's, the, here's the rub. This is why I'm leaving Canada, and I don't think any Western country is really a lot better. I just think over the last few years, because of our dear leader, our, we're falling a lot faster compared to other countries. And when you calculate that 63,000, let me just see what the the tax rate is on that. So I'm putting in tax bracket, total tax for Canada as a percentage. Okay. So yeah. So what we're looking at is they're saying your net pay is 49,000. So you're going to be paying 28,000 tax rate and marginal is 34%. Now, that does not include these things, which the US doesn't have. The Canada has right across Canada, depending upon the province you live, your Harmony sales tax, HST, harmonized sales tax is 14%. So every major purchases you go out there after your tax on the federal and provincial, you're going to have another 14% tax hit. On top of that, if you own a home, so that's already pushing you at 48%, right? Because people don't, don't consider that. On top of property taxes are going to go up. I think property taxes will hit double digits on a home, on an overinflated home. So that's going to push you well over 50%. So you need to ask yourself, why would you want situation. 63000 on average, busting your balls for some probably job you hate. You're being exploited. 
and you're being taken advantage of. And that's not good. So whereas my accountant says, if you are earning, let's say, 50K or GIC, there's a 25% tax hit. So you're cutting your taxes in half. Okay. So now that 47,000 net, 49,000 or whatever it is on a, on a 49,500 on an average salary of 63,000, you, you, you're going to be knocked down to roughly 32,000, let's say, net. After all the tax you paid out on your HST, on your gas tax, which is 35%, we also have, get this, a carbon tax on your energy bill for home. 35% because it's 14% for for the HST. And there's another roughly 20% for your carbon tax. Now they want to double, they want to double your 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 uh, tax for carbon tax, another 20% some April. So people are going to pay a lot higher in carbon tax on their energy bill because of our dear leader who loves the environment but yet still flies around in a private jet. So you're well above 50%. So if, if it, what I'm saying, and I put a video out on this, is that if you were to sell your home and you, you don't have a mortgage on it and it's valued at, I don't know, minimum $750, i am telling you, you're probably better off to just sell your home, live off the... If you're single, no kids, if you're, if you're able to do that, do it. And you, you will have a much higher disposable income on dividend income and GIC or treasury based income, we'll call it. And you, you know, it's kind of like being retired and that's your own money that's been built up. The other thing people need to factor in if you own a home is you have costs associated with the home, right? So if you're average spend, if you're spending, now this is no more, this is not your mortgage. You're just talking the upkeep on a home, be it your, your, your energy, your electric, your, all the utilities, internet, all that. So you're going to be in the neighborhood of about, I'm going to estimate 20, 1200, let's say a thousand a month. You're already at 12,000, maybe 16,000 a year just to own a home with all the associated costs. Plus I've also added in the property tax. So again, when you sell your home, live off the GSC, you don't have those expenses. You will have rental expenses, obviously, but that's fixed. If things go up in energy or whatever else, you're able to have a stable rental and still be on top. I think when it comes to homes, I've put out a video on this. I think homes may not continue to go up what they say they are. I mean, when you look at the residential, I'm sorry, the commercial office space market, there are buildings being sold at 50% off, 75% off. Will they come back? I don't know. I think it's going to be a hard thing to say as people get laid off. More jobs are not needed. They're, I mean, uh, one stat, stat that's pretty scary for Canada year over year. 40% increase in small business. So a lot of small business may go bankrupt over the next while as if the economy grinds down. So again, this is what I'm trying to say. So I'm in a position where I may not need to 
do any of this stuff if I'm living off of dividend and treasury. Now, I will obviously have to boost that uh, income somewhere if it's through what I do here or elsewhere that I don't know about as an opportunity that, that I'm not aware of yet if I go to the UK. So there is all that to consider. But the strategy now really is about if you own a home, if you own a home and you have a mortgage, you may be better off to sell it and live off the equity of the home and not have these crazy taxes and whatever else. Now, a lot of people may not be in that position, which I get. If you have a family, I get that too. But if you're single, no kids, you may be better off to do that, I think. You know, I put out a lot of questions out there. What would you do if I didn't have, if, if I wasn't doing what I'm doing, putting out videos and content through my email and whatnot? What would you do? That's what I'm first looking for, an answer from people. And on top of that, engagement's number one. And yeah, we'll see what happens over the next few months. I'm not sure where things will go. But I'm just questioning people what their 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 feedback on all of this is. But let me know. It's 40 minutes of blabbering, and uh, we shall talk to you later. Have a good day.